conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Ten minutes after five o'clock, we're in conversation next with uh, Chanel Commando, who is uh, the lead applicant of the Bromwell Street matter. Earlier today, the Constitutional Court heard an application from the residents of uh, Brom- Bromwell, uh, Bromwell Street in Cape Town, the Bromwell families who have lived in their homes for generations face eviction into homelessness so while the city has provided temporary housing in Wolverafir. The families say that this is far from public goods such as schools, hospitals, as well as from the workplaces. To tell us more about the proceedings, we speak to Chanel Commando, and then after that we'll be in conversation with Disha Govender, who is the attorney and head of the law centre at Ndifunugwazi. Uh, Chanel, good evening. Thank you so much for making time for us. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much. But how are you doing? This has been going on now for close to 10 years. Yeah, as you know, I am Chanel Commando and I am the spokesperson of Bromwell Street family. And it's been very overwhelming today because of all the arguments that was uh, raised in court. A uh, lot of the arguments that was raised was good points and it made I think it made the city realize that there is a there is a way to, to, to change their policies or update their policies to what has been said today and what has been asked. Uh, what we want as a fa- as a Bromo family is for the city to come forward and make a change for evictions because evictions is something that breaks up families, it breaks up communities, it breaks up uh, how you feel inside, the anxiety, the stress, not knowing where you're going next being out on the outskirts where you can't come to your job or when the children can't come to school all week. So there's a lot of things involved where eviction is is uh, placed. It's not the case. It's what actually is happening with the people in the case and that it's real people's lives being touched by the case. So that is what we want from the city as they are today. The judge asked him if this is the same as it was in the fire town and the district six being done all over, just that it's being done in Woodstock. And it's actually touching to hear to think that people fought for freedom and never uh, received anything and that it's still going on after all these years. Yeah, and, and, and the city has made available um, alternative places for you, for the residents to relocate to. But what's your problem with those places um, that the city has suggested? They have offered places. Yeah. And we went to these places ourselves as a resident to then see what it is like at these places. And when we came to Wolverafield, the people of Wolverafield, told us that this is no place for people to stay and we could see for ourselves the conditions that people are staying in with shops that is for schools that is for no transport like buses you need to take three taxis to come to town the next place was Campis. we went to Campis, and when we came to Campis, the people of Campis told us that we should not take this offer reason being Service delivery have been, is not being made and mm. it's not a place for people to stay. They were promised they're going to stay there for six months and get permanent housing. More majority of them are there for 10 years already. So we just want the city to come up with a plan to make 
a plan for emergency housing or conditional housing because if they can do it for a group of people in our area why yeah. can't they do it for us and but there was also the suggestion that was made, sorry, um, uh, Chanel, that, uh, well, some residents saying that they want to rather be in the inner city, but then the problem with the inner city also is um, the high cost of actually living in the inner city. Yes. Like I said, there were provisions made for certain people in our area for transition housing, which the people in Bromo Street can afford, but it wasn't offered to them. It was only offered to that certain group of people because the city wanted that land for social housing. And that is what the city is saying, that there is no land for transitional housing or transitional housing for us. And there is no emergency accommodation in the city or will be made available in the city. The only um, availability is for poor working class people or on the outskirts. And that, of course, also comes with a lot of transportation costs. Uh, but Chanel, thank you so much for your time. Listening into the conversation is Adisha Govinda, attorney and head of law um, center at Indifunugwazi. So at the heart of this case lies the constitutionality of the city of Cape Town's housing program and its actions in responding to emergency housing needs um, of people evicted into homelessness. Abatlalibasim Jondolo have also joined the proceedings as friends of the courts represented by the Socio-Economic Rights Institute of uh, South Africa, Syria. Um, as um, And uh, the court adjourned and judgment has been reserved. To tell us more about the arguments presented uh, to the Constitutional Court, we speak to Adisha Governor. Adisha, good evening. Thank you so much uh, for making time for us so before the court is this issue around um the emergency um, emergency housing program of the city of cape town the high court found that actually it is unconstitutional but then the supreme court of appeal set that decision aside hi elton yes thank you for having us on um you are correct in the sense that at the high court the uh, judgment was in our client's favor, and the court specifically granted relief that declared the city's emergency housing program, and importantly also its implementation in terms of that emergency housing program, unconstitutional, um, in addition to granting uh, a relief that would uh, ensure that our clients are providing, provided with te- emergency accommodation and location as close as possible, as the city is obliged to do so. Um, in the Supreme Court of Appeal, what we saw was the um, the court decide not to grant the or not to, um, to uphold the appeal in respect of the de- the declaratory relief that uh, the applicant sought. Specifically, then not making the order that the city's emergency housing program is unconst- and its implementation is con- unconstitutional. Uh, but it did grant an order which specifically ordered the city to provide our clients with emergency accommodation in a location as close as possible. Um, Of course, uh, you know, the concern in this case has always been whether or not the city has properly applied its mind in making offers of emergency accommodation to, um, to our clients, but also generally in relation to the policy in its program, which specifically excludes the development of any emergency housing in the inner city, which is an area that's experiencing high levels of gentrification and a high need and demand for emergency housing. And how can that ever be um, reasonable? And on that basis, uh, you know, we sought uh, to appeal to the Constitutional Court uh, in an attempt to obviously 
uh, have them decide the issue of the constitutionality of the city's emergency housing program. Okay, please explain to us what the emergency um, emergency accommodation or emergency program, emergency housing uh, program would look like, what is envisaged with having such a program. But also, um, does this program come with a security of tenure? Because um, somebody move, being moved from another place to another place, um, the other argument that they could have is how long is it that I'll be staying here until I'm being mm-hmm. moved to a different place, which speaks to this question around security of tenure. So, Elton, the emergency housing is meant to specifically deal with the urgent and immediate need that a person is facing as a result of them being evicted into homelessness or threatened with eviction into homelessness. So it is not a form of permanent housing. So emergency housing is considered to be something that is supposed to be of a temporary nature. Um, However, in the context of a broad housing crisis where there's this complete lack of well-located affordable housing, um, you know, there's, there's very little options for where people go to next. So it really is also linked to the broader um, way in which the city and actually government as a whole delivers on uh, its, its obligations in terms of Section 26 being the right to access to adequate housing. Um, because, of course, emergency housing may end up seeing people live there for a very long time if they have nowhere to move after. And so that also does require the city to obviously, um, and the state in general, to, to make the efforts to ensure that there, are, uh, that there is housing that is delivered, a range of housing. So from emergency housing, transitional housing, um, uh, permanent sort of BNG housing, as well as social housing. Of course, this case specifically really spoke about the, the city's response to emergency housing needs. But when, you, when you're talking about the right to access to adequate housing and the, the state's delivery in respect of that, you know, there are linkages between it all. Yeah. Is, is the test then with the emergency housing that it must fill, for instance, some of the conditions that were set out um, in the high court, that it must not be too far from where the residents are residing? Uh, the question that is the issue that is being raised now by Chanel as well um, mm-hmm. around schools, hospitals, workplace and um the transportation that is involved in all of that. Is that the test also that goes into whether determining whether the emergency housing that is being made available is actually suitable? So the, the correct test um, when you're looking at the constitutionality of a, the city's program and its implementation is whether or not they've acted reasonably, whether or not the program is reasonable. And of course, when you're dealing with emergency housing needs, when people are um, really... Uh, the most vulnerable um, and most dependent on uh, networks of support. Um, you heard Chanel mention how it actually becomes a matter of survival um, with, if they get relocated far away from those, those support structures. So location is one element and how the city has uh, considered the location of its emergency housing is one element that uh, factors into whether or not it can be said that the emergency housing program um, is re- is reasonable or not? Because the, uh, there's an obligation on the state, on the city in particular, to provide emergency accommodation in a location as close as possible. But if all the city's policies are such that um, it will only ever develop emergency housing on the outskirts, what that means is that as close as possible will always be far away, and the people that are always going to be sent far away, the ones the ones that are going to be in the most need, the most vulnerable are the ones that then get sent away and their vulnerability gets compounded because there's a lack of emergency housing uh, in the inner city as a result of the state's failure to um, 
provide emergency housing in the city, but also as a result of uh, the state's broader failure to develop well-located affordable housing. I know that the case is against the city of Cape Town, but what is the property developer Woodstock Hub PTY LTD saying? Um, so the Woodstock Hub is not a party uh, uh, to the appeal proceedings in the Constitutional Court. Um, and they have maintained that, of course, they bought the property in order to use it, uh, to uh, redevelop it in order to uh, generate higher rental incomes. Um, and so their position has always been, uh, as articulated in the papers, that they are being prejudiced as a result of not being able to use this property which they bought. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, they, they did not choose to participate in the appeal proceedings. Thank you so much for your time. Disha Govender is an attorney and also the head of the Law Center at Ndifunogwazi. 0614-104107. And you can-